It's time for Stars on Sports, a podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports Trophies. Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars on Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I am joined by our assistant AD and baseball coach Stephen Cutter. And Stephen, today as we record this podcast, there's a, a number of things going on in the educational athletic world. So I hope we can touch on, on both of them or at least dive deep into either one of them. And it's conference realignment. And with conference realignment, it's the beginning of uh, academic year. But as we record this, we have started you know practices too. So it's very exciting, both of those things, and, and it's very they're both polarizing to people, so it, it brings out a lot of discussion, and it's amazing the, the landscape in both of those of, you know, beginning of the year, and, you know, people usually have a little break and, and are excited, and there's a lot of hope out there, but the breaks are different now. Do do an athlete get a really a break to, to re-energize and, and renew themselves for the upcoming year? I think they might have... Um, minimized you know or a little less of a schedule but they're still you know pretty active you know championships are won in the off season and you know that ties into the you know the hot topic of a conference realignment out there how at the highest level of of college sports you know conferences are blowing up and teams that are on the west coast are becoming going to be members of the atlantic coast conference and you know we've even seen it in our conference you know we've had some expansion you know the most expansion we've had in the last couple of years and it's impacted our conference regarding how you split it up and, and the travel and the competition and, and the rivals. So, you know, they, they go hand in hand, but they're different. But in the end, it's just an exciting time of year to, to you know, the, the kick off the year. And, and again, nothing with conference realignment would go in effect at the large level until next year. But it's a it's a topic. I mean, that's who you play. That's, you know, you know, there's big money involved. There, there's travel involved. And and sometimes we lose focus of the best for the student athlete. So um, what are your thoughts on either one of those? And maybe that'll help what direction, you know, this conversation. Well, I think soup, it's basically super conferences is what's forming throughout the athletic landscape. Have you, you've been in the high school level for a long time. Did you see that kind of working that way as well at the high school level? Yes. Um, my last four or five years or even longer at the high school level, it was a significant impact. And I started 25 years ago when you just stayed in your league. I called it, it became a free agent society. You know, you used to just try to get better and compete in your league and win. But in the end of that career, it was very fluid and it changed rapidly. And there were a number of factors. Some would argue um, football led to a lot of that, but I think it was much more than that. And at the high school level, you know, a, a geography has a lot more um, play in that, plus your enrollment. And that was, I thought, one of the significant changes. And you even, I think you're seeing that, the, that impacting colleges too, where 
high, some high schools grew and many shrunk. So that changed if they could be competitive or not in, in that particular league. So it was a huge topic at the high school level the last five to 10 years. And, you know, hard feelings, um, difficult decisions, you know, you didn't try and kick somebody out, but they're the magic number you wanted to get to for your schedules. Um, and it, it, it didn't have much to do with money like it does at, at the college level and even at the higher level than us. I mean, you're talking $80 million for this new Big Ten contract for, for media rights. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, at all levels. Then, you know, you don't see it as much at the community college level because it, it, I think geography is a big part of that. And, it, it, you know, you stay local and I haven't seen much movement between, you know, the Michigan and maybe the Illinois. But it's more if you change divisions, you'd have to go out and find teams that are are in that particular division. If you moved up to Division One or moved down to Division Three, like at our last meeting in the MCCAA, um, Division three schools might have to play schools from Texas, I believe, in their region tournament because that's the closest conference with the, you know the sport offering. So there's a number of factors that go in the league realignment, such as geography, competition, opportunities, even facilities. Now, you know, in in the Premier League soccer, there's teams that you get relegated and such, and there's a team that wasn't expected to move up, but their stadium's too small for the requirements. So even a thing like facilities can impact. Like if you're a D1, you have enough seating that meet the requirements for attendance. But in the end, it's student athlete welfare and money. It's crazy. It, it, it's evolving. You're right. It's becoming super conferences. Names could be changed. Conferences that are over 100 years could lose their name. Um, rivalries could be changed. Um, it, it impacts each sport differently, but it's going to impact every sport. Um, and, and again, that's, you know, a lot of uncertainty, which, you know, we talked about surprises before in, the, in our podcast in the past, but there's a lot of uncertainty heading into the school year, but there's a lot of hope too. And, and hope is, is exciting and it's contagious. And, you know, like as we talk, I'm not a Lions fan, but there's a lot of talk about how good the Lions are going to be this year. And, it, and it's crazy. Really isn't different from any other year. <laughs> But I mean, you hit on geography a little bit at the high school level. Geography for these conferences is is relatively important at the college level. That was also a thing. But now geography is kind of out the window. And as with most things, you see a trickle down effect. You know, it goes from whether it's professional to college to, you know, high school. What would it be like for our conference that's that's growing immensely? that we, all of a sudden we joined the Mississippi Association of Community College um, Conference in Mississippi, and now all of a sudden they're with us because colleges are flying across the country or will be extensively flying, you know, super long distances to play these games or matches. Well, it's very interesting because when you look at conference makeup, Geography was the main category, like the Big Ten. It was all Midwest schools. The MCCAA, it was all Michigan. You know, now we have some Indiana schools and, um, you know, no Ohio schools, but we compete with them in the regionals. But geography was that main factor. Uh, money and technology have probably changed that. You know, 
planes are much more accessible. Uh, busing, you know, is more convenient, but it still costs. So that's where you got to find a way when there's travel involved, time and money are important right. factors and, and they can be costly. You know, teams that play one time a week is a different impact than teams that play three or four times a week in, in that travel. And you can get creative with scheduling and, and do partner schools or, you know, make it a multi-contest trip. But, you know, geography does seem to go out the window and it could trickle it trickle down to the high school that, you know, they're, they're still a core geography, but it's branched out in some areas. Um, at our level, yeah, depending on even competition, as we're seeing it, our programs are stronger. Teams might not play us or, you know, you might become too good for your league. And I've seen that, you know, that they, you know, I don't see, foresee that happening in, in our conference. But there are many factors that play into that, that travel has seemed to be moved down the list on what's important for conference alignment at all levels. So, um, very interesting. It'll be very interesting to follow and how it does impact our, our level. Um, it hasn't impacted the, you know, the, the D3 or NAI levels much. It has impacted D2 level, I mm -hmm. believe. So it's not yes. just D1 we're talking. And, you know, size of schools also impact that. Sport offerings is another thing. I mean, you got to probably go somewhere where you can play schools. You know, like even when you add a sport, you want to know who you're going to schedule and play with. But um, oh, just a lot of factors, but it, 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 it's very intriguing what's happening and how it will trickle down to other levels. Because back to your travel arrangements, once you see other people able to do it, that makes you think you can do it too. Like, well, if UCLA can make it all the way to East Lansing, why can't we make it to uh, Mississippi? And it's crazy, you know, when you look at Michigan, like we've added, we added Bay out of Escanaba, and that's a six-hour drive. How many other colleges in Ohio or Indiana or Illinois are just as close? You know, right. so you know it. You know that's the interesting thing about our state that our our uh, the high school association always alluded that you're closer to some parts in North Carolina than you are all the way to the western end of the right. the the UP, and you got you know snow up there and you know sunshine down on the southeast corner and you again then you throw in enrollment numbers so just many variables and it's just really separating the, the haves and have nots in college sports is, is what's happening because if you're part of a conference and you start having realignment teams start leaving for other conferences and you might not be able to have the fun. You might not currently have the funding to be able to do what those other teams are doing. You're kind of left holding the bag, which is the same thing that's happening on the, on the West Coast right now with some teams. And then they have to figure out where they're going to go because the conference isn't going to exist anymore. And I think that's happened in, in college sports for for a while. And it's just a little more prominent now. And, and like you said, you're seeing super conferences and. It's uh, been a long-standing, you know, Power Five conferences, and and I think that number is probably going to go down by at least one. Yeah, interesting because you know they call it Power Five; they'll mm -hmm. have to change yeah. that number, and and it's difficult for college departments, you know, even though the independent schools are, you try and be loyal, and and almost loyalty is gone out the window in some of these things, and and people get burned by trying to stay true to their current conference, and and knowing when to jump into that next conference or being left out. It's we found out some schools have been, and and geography still plays a role in it, you know, like being at Lansing and being centrally located you know our current division makeup 
we don't even we're not in a division with our three closest schools, but we're still pretty makes, close to the, the league we move. Yeah. So geography still plays into it. Like being on the West Coast or East Coast, you're, you're definitely traveling one way or the other, where if you're more centrally located, it, it's more favorable. And, it, it, you know, I saw an article where like in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals are traveling the least in the NFL in the Seattle Seahawks are traveling like three times as much as they are and over different time zones. And, you know, you the see, Mariners do the same thing. Yeah. And so, you, but yeah. again, with where they're located and you're seeing game played over internationally. I mean, Michigan played a basketball game last year in London, you know, the highest level they're playing games in, in Mexico in London and Canada and trying to get teamed there. Um, so geography will always be a part of it, but it just seems to be going down the list and and what decides, you know, what alliance or what enrollment that is. And, you know, where the academics fit into that? I don't know. I mean, becomes, tough decisions. It becomes a lot harder when you're the further that you're traveling. It's just, it just becomes a lot harder on the academic side because you're doing things on a plane or on a bus or in a terminal or you know, all these different places that are definitely unique in their own ways. So it, it's more of a challenge. And and if, if you're on a bus or, or you're on a plane, the hours that you're getting back are, are not normal by any stretch. And so then, you know, you you have student athletes choosing sleep or, or to get their work done. And, and they, they, most of them really make the the best choice possible at the time, which is to get their work done, but then they're sacrificing their sleep, which then affects their athletic performance. So, so it's, it's really a, a big picture spiral and you have to try to figure all that out with time management and what's best at the time. Well, and I think it goes back to your point of the haves and have nots because, you know, one of the neat things that I've learned over the last couple of months from another podcast is your resources need to meet your expectations. And for those highest levels, they have the resources mm-hmm. to help student athletes. Sure. They have professors or tutors or other academic help when they travel. But as you go down levels, those resources aren't as economical or easy to obtain that it does have a domino effect on the student athlete and their performance and their academic success. And in the end, it's, it's almost counterproductive. And that's, you know, that's where I struggle with this conference realignment. Like we're doing it for money and TV, but that $80 million also can help benefit, you know, many more sports. Like, you know, I saw an article, sure. it'll help maybe keep coaches at a higher salary. It will help um, build facilities for some of those programs that haven't our facilities are older. So it's like pulling the rope at both ends and and where's it going to break and where's it end? And it's not ending. And even with these super conferences, there's still some ironing out to do and seeing where, where people land. And the same with us, you know, we're one year into adding three Northern schools that at some time, I think the MCCA needs to reflect and see if three bit division, the best when when we were making that realignment issue, it was, it was very difficult. And there were a couple of schools mad that they got pulled into the Northern conference. And we were close to those, you know, and we, you know, argued our case of why different schools should and you learn you know as time goes on you learn to adjust and it becomes the normal but those are difficult conversations and 
it, it's tough on your, again, those schools that got pulled in the Northern Conference, the ones that are farthest south, it's more time, more travel, more money, where the schools that are up north that are closer together, it, it impacted it less. And mm-hmm. even us, that can we go up there and play them for non-conference and such? So it's definitely a domino effect, but I also think it can it can impact the, uh, you know, the haves and the have-nots. And, you know, in the end, People focus on winning and, you know, how, how are they going to win and, and what sports are they going to win in? And, you know, that, you know, I argued that was part of the high school alignment issues. If you weren't succeeding, instead of trying to get better, you went and found a league that you could succeed in. Um, I don't see that as much at the high college level, but, you know, you, you do. I mean, because you look at some of the highest levels, if you're not succeeding, you're trying to find a, a way to be successful or you're the lions and you just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next hey, year. there's hope. No, next this year. could, this next year might be that next year with I all, hope the, so. all the, all so. the, and that, you know, and again, that's back to our original conversation about hope and the starting of the year, you're getting ready to start there. There. I mean, and you didn't, I mean, you were working as hard as you ever were this summer. So, you know, I, I don't see where you got that downtime or, or breaks, but no do you feel no. energized because of the new season or is it just another day to you? Um, no such thing as just another day. So at least for me, it's mm-hmm. always energized to be able to do what we do and um, mm-hmm. super blessed to be able to have all the things that we have and all the connections and the relationships in our college and everything else. So it's never uh, just another day. Um, my Fridays look the same as my Mondays do and there's there's no change. I'm, I'm not dreading Sunday night and, um, you know, celebrating on Friday. So it's it, we're, we're very fortunate. But as a new season starts, I mean, it, you know, one person can, you know, whether it's a coach or mm-hmm. a student athlete yeah. can make a significant change Certainly. in that team. So is there anything you pre- prepare differently as you head into that first practice or meeting or um, I know you, you know, again, it starts up front by developing relationships with yeah. your student athletes and incoming recruits. So you have a good gauge of what your team already looks like. But is there anything like just on your mind or that, you know, do you get more butterflies for that first day or, you know, nope, it's just, you know, yeah, not so much. I, the relationships are built, but they're not built on the first day and they're built over a, a long period of time. So the team will change dramatically. It's going to change, you know, as we get going and then there's playing once that competition and playing time get involved in January and February, then the team will change once again. But it's it's really about just setting the standard and setting the tone of the program, showing um, all the th- great things that have been done, and then also showing all the great things that can be done moving forward. So it, it's an exciting time of year. Most of the student athletes come in and they're they're fairly selfish and and that's really normal but they're concerned about themselves they want to know how they fit into a team they want they want to know if if they're going to play they want to you know they're comparing themselves to their other teammates so when they come into a program the first day of practice it's it's a pretty selfish thing and you really start working through a whole process of teaching them how to be selfless and embrace their team and play for each other and and that kind of stuff and that doesn't happen in a speech it doesn't happen on a banner on a wall or or print on a t-shirt but it's through that process and so probably the most exciting piece of being able to start a season is to start those processes moving forward and then the most gratifying thing is when it's all said and done look at how those processes 
worked out to the results. Yeah. And what a good point in that, you know, for the fans, it is exciting for those that are playing. There's a, there's apprehension, there's uncertainty, there's, there's stress. And, and know that that's at every level at the high school level, you know, getting cut at the college level, yeah. fitting in, knowing if your, yeah. your role is what you thought when you recruited in at the professional level, it's a job. And, you know, there's only so many people that make that roster. So right. very interesting point that as the fans, we're all excited and thinking this is the year for our team and the same for me as an administrator I'm all excited about you know this year we're going to have that we're going to be better in everything than we were last year and we're going to win you know in the classroom we're going to have a better GPA and on the court and the field we're going to finish higher than we did last year but you know for student athletes it's not that I mean there's hope and excitement there because I think they want to be a part of what that success has been in the past but you're right individually there's a lot going on and you know that's a a thing I've learned that you know that those transitions um in sport in in life you know going from middle school to high school going from high school to college you know and and they're, they're tough on 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 young adults and, and, and student athletes that sometimes that does get lost this time of year. So, so good point, but it's still exciting. I think we're going to have a great year in our athletic program. Um, it'll be interesting to see where conference re- realignment ends up with us, but it's definitely a, a hot topic and not done at the highest levels of, of college sports. So again, looking forward to a great year and go stars. Stars on Sports is recorded live at the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Didalian Lowry. You can listen to this episode and other episodes of Stars on Sports on demand at lccconnect.org. To find more information about our athletic program, visit lccstars.com. Thanks for listening. Go Go Stars! Stars!